0: Good morning. It's good to see everyone present uh, this morning and braving the cold elements. I see still a lot of coats on. I think our heating system is trying to catch up with the, with the temperatures, the frigid temperatures outside, but hopefully, probably by the end of the service, it'll be warm and toasty, uh, maybe just in time for us to go back outside uh, I want to thank everybody for being here this morning. Thank all of our members of our breakfast class. We hope you had a good class this morning. appreciate Brother Jim and David uh, for being here this morning and for the breakfast that they provided uh, for, for so many. And so this morning I want to begin with a word of prayer on behalf of our sister Marla for the pain that she's experiencing. And also I want to pray for our homeless community at large Uh, because this time is a very dangerous time uh, to be on the streets and to not have shelter. So we hope that everyone takes full advantage of the mission and room in the end and all of the resources. But we want to pray for those ministries and for all the people of our community at this time. Lord, we're so grateful that we have the gift of prayer, that you are a God who indeed listens. And not only do you listen, but you help us through Your providence, through Your care. And Lord, we just continue to pray for our good sister Marla. We pray for her health. We pray for recovery. And we pray that You would help her to give her the strength she needs to get through these moments, these crucial moments now. And we pray for all of our members, wherever they may be, if they're experiencing sickness or bad health, that You would continue to minister to them. And Lord, be with them. And Lord, we pray for our neighbors our neighbors who uh, are on the streets. We pray for safety. We pray for warmth. We pray for the ministries that are doing such good work. Uh, room in the end. We pray for the mission, and we just pray that people will be safe, warm, and fed in this time of need. Bless them, encourage them, and be with them. And we pray in the mighty name of Christ. Amen. So of course today it's it's no surprise or. Uh, any newscast that today is the last year, the last day of 2017. And uh, so looking at a new year, of course it's a gift to have a new year, to have a new opportunity, to have a new day uh, to work and to live and to serve God. But it also on a personal note for myself, uh, Mark's five years of serving this congregation as the minister. So we've completed five years serving this congregation. So after serving for five years, I can't help but to reflect and to contemplate the work here and what we've done together uh, and the thoughts that flood my mind about this work and flood my heart about what this work means to me and my family. So, first of all, I want to give a very heartfelt thank you to each of you for allowing me to be the minister here. It is an, indeed an honor, the, one of the highest honors of my life, to be able to serve at this congregation and to serve each of you as your minister. And uh, and anytime I walk through those doors, I have a pr- profound sense of humility that rushes over me because serving in this capacity, being able to open God's Word and preach His Gospel is something that I take uh, with great importance and I can't help but to feel very humble to occupy this place. And so I thank You for the support. I thank You for the encouragement. I thank You for the prayers uh, that have been offered for me over the last few years here, it means so very, very much to me uh, that, I, uh, that you've supported me in such a, a wonderful way. I also want to thank my wife and daughter for being patient with me. Not only have you put up with me, she's put up with me. And so I'm grateful uh, for her support and my daughter's support as well. And so being a minister here has been a transformative experience for me. I'm not the same person I was when I came here as a member. And I'm not the same person I was when I started preaching here. And I I guess that that's what you would hope for. You don't want me to be the same person I was. So it's been a transformative experience for me. I've grown as a Christian. My faith has flourished. My knowledge of God has deepened. And my love for Him and for you has quickened, and so I also want to say I love you, and I appreciate you. And uh, but it has had its challenges. Uh, you know, nothing about ministry is a straight line. There's ups and downs. There's, uh, and it's just like with anything in life. It takes discipline. And uh, so there's been some challenging moments, not only as a minister here, but in my personal life. And I just appreciate you being with me hanging in there with me and uh, so thinking ahead we can look back all we want but 2018 and in the future what are we looking at and the verse in Psalms chapter 127 verse number 1 really captivated my thought and my heart and and I think the spirit of the Lord is in this verse so tremendous for this time in our church life unless the lord builds a house They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house. That those who labor, they labor in vain if it's not the Lord's work. And so I hope that this verse can give us a sense, a perspective to knowing what we're doing here. And I'm reminded of a quote from the great minister D. L. Moody, who said this, and I think it's very poignant. And very similar to the verse in Psalms 127, he said this, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, listen to it, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Yes. Because even in church work, we can succeed at a lot of different things, but unless it's the Lord's work... We're dealing in vanity. We're dealing in futility. And we're not dealing in eternity. So unless the Lord builds a house, we have to dedicate ourselves here in this place to doing the Lord's work. And of course, there are many distractions in this life. Not only for our church, but also in our personal lives. The distractions that plague The vanity of earthly pursuits which preoccupy all of us, including me. So I hope that today, as we approach 2018, we can see the immense opportunity to see things clearly. And really, it's a sense of priority, isn't it? That priority gives us that sense of lucidity that we need in our lives. That instead of pursuing vanity... Instead of pursuing things that are empty in our own lives, we need to strive for those things that matter most. Don't we? And I do believe that this church does that. But I want us to renew ourselves to that work today. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seeking first the kingdom of God here. Seeking the kingdom of God in each of our lives. So the first thing I want us to think about is, number one, what is our aspiration? What is our goal here in this place? And what it is, is the most lofty of all goals. It is the most sublime of all thoughts. It is to be the Lord's church. Period. And when we think about that aspiration, I'm reminded of the words of C.S. Lewis who said this. Listen to it. Christianity, if false, is of no importance. If true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. What we do here in this place either matters or it doesn't. It can't be just halfway. And I am convinced that if we serve the Lord, if we're building the house that the Lord has given us, if it is indeed the Lord's work, then it is of infinite importance. And that's our aspiration. To belong to the Lord's church. Jesus said, And I will build My church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Christ built His church. And we have the opportunity to be a part of that. To receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, as it says in Hebrews 12.26. Our goal is to be His church. When I think about that, then I think of it in four parameters of how we are His church. Number one, individualistic. That no matter what, each of us has to be the church in a way on our own. By ourselves, in our own time, in our own places, in our own homes, in our own work. We have to be His church as individuals, don't we? Paul said it, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I have to commit myself to the Lord today. Because ultimately, it's not about what other people do. It's about what I do. So I have to be His church as an individual first. Number two, I think of it as being a member of His church collectively. As a group. And that's why God has called us to gather together, to assemble together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together but to come together to encourage one another, to exhort one another, to worship God collectively as His church. I also think about the parameters of being His church. Individual, collectively. Number three, internally. God hasn't just called us to a life of ceremony or ritual, has He? No, He's called us to a life of that involves every part of our being, our heart, our mind, and our soul. So being His church means that I'm His church on the inside. That whatever I think about, I need to think on those things. I need to entertain those things which are His. And also, last but not least, that I need to serve Him externally. That the way that I live my life The example that I set also has to be in accordance. And the life of this church has to be in accordance to His Word. Sound doctrine and so on. That's our aspiration is to be the Lord's church in this place. There's no greater goal, is there? Number two, if we're the Lord's church, then that means we have a mission. We have a job to do. The Lord's church isn't about sitting, even though we can do that here, and it's okay. I'm not saying run out of the church building right now. But the Lord's church has a mission, doesn't it? And that mission is a work of grace, and it is one of life and death. We're talking about vitalness we're talking about importance we're talking about of infinite importance so the mission of the church here is one of life and death we're here number 1 for those who are lost and why are we here for those who are lost because we've been lost we know what it's like to be lost And Jesus has commanded His church, His people, to be people who are seeking the lost. Who are the lost? Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 9, In flaming fire taking vengeance on them, he says, Of those who know not God, that's the first type of lost. And then the second type is those who do not obey the gospel. Who are the lost? It's those who don't know God and those who have not obeyed the gospel. That's who this church is about, seeking the lost. Paul said in his his sermon in Athens, he said, at the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now He commands all men everywhere to repent. That means this church is about everyone outside of this building. We're here to serve and to give that saving gospel to them. I'm reminded of a story of a little girl who was lost. She left her home and she went into the woods. And as she got into the woods, the woods got dark, darker and deeper. And she got more and more lost. And then her family recognized that she was gone. So they called out the search and rescue team, family members, community people all went out and searched for. Her. they couldn't find her. And then one early morning, her father went out into the woods. And there he saw his daughter sleeping. And he went and ran to her and called her by name. And she woke up and she said, Daddy, I found you. I found you. And a lot of times it seems like it's us that finds God, but it's He who is seeking us. And Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. And the church is His arms and feet. It is His seeking grace. We need to be about the lost ones. We need to be about those who are the least of these. Jesus said it was the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the sick, the ones who are in prison that we are to concern ourselves. And if we minister to them... We minister to Him. That when we encounter those in need, we encounter Christ Himself. And also, I think we need to also renew ourselves to the work of helping the little ones. Not only the lost, not only the least of these, but the little ones Matthew 10.42 And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of the disciples, surely, I say, he will by no means lose his reward. Teaching the young about the blessed Gospel of Jesus Christ is our work here as well. But sometimes it's easy to look around and to try to quantify things and to try to make things about results Which I I tell you, I'm a preacher. So the first thing that I'm wondering about is how many people we got today. I want a head count. Let's count them. But ultimately our work isn't about numbers. Our work here is first of all, the primary purpose is to obey God. Is to obey God. When Jesus issued the great, Commission. He didn't say, I need some numbers. He didn't say, I want some I want a, a, a PL profit and loss sheet at the end of the month and tell me what all the numbers are. No, he just said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he that believeth and is baptized. That's it. The reason why we serve God here is not for numbers, it's to serve God. And ultimately, if we serve God in this place, he will add the increase. I'm reminded of the words that are in the children's home in Calcutta of Mother Teresa, which I think is fitting for all of us. It says, This people are often unreasonable, irrational, and self centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people might deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Ultimately, all of our work, whether individually or collectively, is between us and God. It's not about everyone else. Number three, we have to have a vision. We have to have a vision for 2018 and for the future. And that vision is progress. Even if it's low, Proverbs says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So we must ask for a vision of faith in this place. To help us to see that our work is not in vain, but it's unto the Lord. So we ask God to give us that eyes of faith that we need. And ultimately, God has given us a divine paradox here because we look back to an ancient faith, but that ancient faith is the most progressive thing on planet Earth. That's right. Sometimes people think of church and think of Christianity and think of God's Word as antiquated, as old, as not relevant. But ultimately, God's Word is the most progressive thing there is because this is the future. And not only are we looking back to the past, but we are a part of God's unfolding story that's happening even now. Because the story's not over. The last time I checked, we're waiting on the Savior to arrive. We're anticipating the Christ to come. And to fulfill all things. That's the future. That's progressive. That's the Gospel of Jesus Christ. For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Lastly, our destiny. We think about our aspiration We think about our mission, we think about our vision, but we have a destiny as His people, as His church. That the house will be built. Not only will the house be built, but it will stand. Not just in one day, not just in one century, but for all time. Remember Jesus talked about a house, He said that I go and to prepare a place for you in my Father's houses are many mansions. And that's the house we're preparing today. That's the work of the Lord. Not only do we have a legacy of faith, but we have a purpose for today. And we have a hope for the future that no one can take away. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. So it's my prayer and my plea this year that we will continue to build the house. To work with the Lord. To be a part of that house which has no end. That eternal work. And so today I leave you lastly with the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15-58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know your labor is not in vain. Listen to it. Not in vain in the Lord. When we build the house of the Lord, it's not in vain, is it? Everything else, by contrast, is. So build that in your life. It begins with faith, doesn't it? To be aware of, Of the Father. To be aware of the truth. To be aware of the Savior. To believe in Him. To turn from our sins. To repent. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. To confess Christ to be the Son of the living God. To be baptized into His body, the church. That's His plan. And then it's our command to to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, to preach what they preached, to teach and to live like they lived. A holy vocation, a holy calling. And when we do that, we're building a house. And it's not in vain. Will you begin that today? Or maybe you feel that you've left, left the building, that you've left the house. And we certainly want to encourage you to come back to the fold of God. Or maybe you need a prayer of encouragement, of healing, whatever your need is. We're going to sing the next song to encourage you. So we ask you, if you have any need, won't you come now as together we stand and as we sing.